0: Welcome to the Startup Learned Food Podcast. I'm your host, Pearl, and in each episode, we are going to unpack key insights, expert advice, and success stories to power up your startup journey. Let's make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. Once again, my name is Pearl, and I'll be your so-to-speak moderator host for today. And um, yeah, so, if you're on here, definitely share it so that people know and join in. And personally, I'm pretty excited about this topic because I truly believe that great companies are built by great founders, great ideas, but more importantly, by great teams of A-players who are able to like catch the vision and like just bring their A-game to bear. So I'm really excited about this topic. It's one that is I, I really love. Um, and we've got a great lineup of speakers, like I said, to talk about this. So... Um, I'm going to run through who they are and then I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves and their companies and what they do and then we'll get started into the topic for today. So first up, we have Williams Fattayo. Williams is the co-founder, CEO of Truck. Um, we have Nanké SN, She's a lead strategist at CISA. Um, we have Victor Naye. He's the CEO and co-founder of Checker. And then we have Scott Fleming, the CEO of Hire Mango. So you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. And so I'm going to hand it over to you guys, um, our speakers. I would like you to um, kind of like introduce yourselves and basically your companies, what your companies do so that everybody on the call knows before we dive into the topic for today. And then um, Zion will come up at the end and also introduce himself as well. So um, let's start off with Williams.
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you very much. Um, My name is Williams. I am the CEO of Truck. And everything we're trying to do at Truck is to plug in technology into what is a very chaotic logistics space. Um, Connecting businesses, individuals with logistic needs to the closest vehicles in real time. helping them just service all of their logistic needs in the most efficient and the smartest way possible, then building layers upon layers of value added services that really makes it an awesome, awesome experience. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I absolutely love the conversation. I would always say that um, a bad product, uh, a bad idea uh, or a great idea can fail with the wrong people. But with the right people, any idea would win. Um, if the idea they have now dies, they'll pick up another one. Um, so I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Williams, and I so agree with you. That is so true. Okay, um, um, Nanke, let's go
2: to you. Um, My name is Nike, like I said earlier, and I'm a business consultant. My focus is basically um, to renew, transform, and preserve, you know, the vision of African-led businesses or businesses within Africa. And I run a consulting company called SISA, and typically uh, our services are focused on um, integrated business transformation and HR services. And our focus, really, like I said, is ensuring that the African story is really heard by you know ensuring that culture you know stands as the main competitive advantage for these businesses.
0: thanks so much, and we definitely hope you feel better soon. Thanks for joining us okay, Victor
3: hi everyone. um good evening. It's a great pleasure to be here as co-founder and CEO um Cheka is a digital healthcare platform that um democratizes um access to laboratory services, meaning that um, you can book for any medical lab test from the comfort of your homes, and um, you get um, your digital results within 24 to 48 hours. Um, our major goal is to build Africa's first um, digital laboratory, just like Kuda is doing for banking. We are doing this for healthcare such that we have mobile MRIs, mobile CT scans, mobile X-rays, and of course, home sample collection where you can... Get end to end healthcare services from the comfort of your homes. Um, I believe this topic is very, very sacrosanct, and um, no company can be successful um, without having the right team in place co founders, management team, core workforce, and of course, the goal that's very, very important having the right people around. Positive energy would, of course, keep um, companies growing. So I look forward to this conversation. Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks, Victor. Um, yeah, and that's um, Scott.
4: Thanks, Pearl. Um, good to be here. And uh, thanks to everyone for joining. Um, my name is Scott Fleming, CEO of Hire Mango. Um, I've spent my, my career thus far at startups in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, the biggest success story was um, I built the largest Amazon marketing partner from the ground up. And we did over $2 billion of, uh, of sales on the Amazon platform. For our clients. And um, since making an exit there, I've turned my attention to, to Africa. I've always had a, a deep passion <clears throat> for Africa and the talent that is uh, in Africa, but hasn't gotten the same kind of exposure or light to the US and UK markets that, say, the Philippines or India has. And so Hire Mango is uh, on a mission to aggregate the largest uh, pool of, of African talent and connect them to opportunities. Uh, working with organizations in the United States and in the United Kingdom um, and give back in that way. So that's me.
0: All right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for being here as well. Um, Zion, um, you can go ahead.
5: All right. Thank you, Pearl. So um, I'm Zion. I'm one of the co-founders of Startup Launch Code, which is a good focus agency for startups. So we work with startups across the board, all industries, basically. And um, go to market strategy, identifying, you know, who the um, early adopters are for your solution and everything else. So we are just like um, um, growth-oriented. Anything that has to do with good for your startup, that startup launch code good for you. So that's for me in a nutshell. All
0: right. Thank you guys so much. And once again, thanks to all our speakers for being here. And so I'm going to start off by asking each of the speakers two questions which is one would be how would you define an A player? And then the second thing would be just how important has having A players on your various teams been for you and for the company? So how you define an A player? I think everybody, well, everybody kind of has a general idea, but I think everybody has their own unique take on what they're looking for. And then how important has A player, have A players been to your organization? So let's start off with, Um, Victor.
3: Okay. Thank you, Carol. Um, So for your first question, um, who's an A player, right? Um, So I see A players as people that um, have um, the capabilities to work with the available resources, um, including um, working with um, the team members to deliver certain results, right? Um, So many times, um, startups might not have so much to deliver, but I mean, there's a lot of KPIs, there's a lot of results that needs to be gotten. So, A-Players are those that can work with um, the available resources that the company can provide um, with the right team members and maybe to de- deliver the right results. Um, yes, yeah, so how important is it? I mean, um, I-, I will start from the negative, right? Imagine having one bad egg in a team. Um, Before I started running a startup, I-, I worked in the development sector with an NGO and um, the processes were so difficult because one person who adds the ends of affairs in terms of approving, approving funding, approving to do one thing or the other, is always delaying. So everybody starts rushing when it's time to deliver. Just imagine having that kind of person um, in a startup. It's just going to drag the entire process flow. And I mean, if you have a very strong board that are very big on. Results, you, you can know how, how that will tell on the founder. So, having the right team members and apr specifically is very, very important and um, key to the growth of um, your, your startup. Um, knowing that uh, we we all have wrong ways, and I'll be very, very deliberate about terms that I use. Um, startups are raising funds, we are very big on. Um, Eating targets at specific times and when you know that things and results are not being gotten as a result of someone's negligence or um, somebody's inability to deliver um, results, it's going to affect the entire team. So, I mean, you cannot emphasize um, the essence of having an, an A player in your team. Yes, in summary.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Victor. I love those are like great insights and just basically someone who is ready to just get the work done. And I like how you said, work with the available resources and all of that. So that's great. Um, Williams, what's your take on that?
1: Um, so uh, who, who is an A player? Um, from where I stand, I think an A player would be someone with an incredible sense of self leadership. Um, (laughs) <laughs> because so many things are happening at the same time in the startup space. Um, we won't always have the luxury of sitting you down and drawing a list of to-dos that, okay, you need to do this today, you need to do this tomorrow. Um, the best people that any startup can find are those people that can be so sensitive to the, to the company, the stage where the company is at, send what needs to be done, and get it done. So much that when we then come on Fridays to catch up meetings, it's like, okay, um, on Monday, I figured we needed to do this to do this based on what this person said, and it's done, and this is the impact. Those people, they are golden. Um, You can't put a price on them. You can only toast them to come build with you. And if you can have a critical mass of those guys on your team, you've hit gold. Uh, I think the second question was, what's the impact or what has been the impact of average A players on our team? Yeah. Um, our first year, it was just myself, Follusha, and our CTO leading truck. Uh, strategic equipment, amazing equipment that we made going into 2021. We ended 20, 2021 with texting X of all of what we did in 2020. Um, and so far this year, with other solid guys that we've added to the team, we've doubled all of what we did last year, barely six months into this year, and on course to at the rate that we are we are of course to do a solid ten x before the end of this year. I would be so stupid to take the glory for myself, because uh, most of the results that we deliver right now um, have very little of my contribution. Uh, at least, not not on the whole scale. It's been it's been some very solid guys that we brought on that have just been able to make the magic happen. So that in itself has been the impact of having really amazing people, A players on our team.
0: Nice, nice, nice. I love it. And I totally agree with you that, especially in a startup, that having that sense of self-leadership, being self-led, is so, so, so critical. So definitely. Thanks, Williams. Scott, would you like to add something to that?
4: Yeah, I I really love the points that have been made uh, thus far. Um, Building off of both, uh, especially Victor's, Comments on resources um, when resources are so tight, especially financial and time and attention. Um, having people that you can really trust, I mean, makes all the difference. And it's really the the only way that a startup can succeed. Um, it's it's interesting how I think a players uh, there there is this in a Venn diagram an overlap of of people that can do it all the way through, but you're your A players will change, um, or there are different mentalities as the business matures and grows. And so, specifically in that early stage startup, those that you can really trust. And if I was to define an A player, it's someone that I can trust um, their competency, their skill, their integrity um, that uh, it helps to move the organization so much faster and so much further than um, not being able to do that. And that is absolutely critical, um, at the beginning. So, so having those types of, of individuals on the team, um, an example on, uh, some of the, the companies that I work with, I'm not technical in any way. And so whether that's a technical co-founder or, um, good technical talent that we bring on, uh, if I can have ideas and and throw those things uh to them and trust that not only will they run with it but they'll think about all the intricacies and then they'll be able to build it, then that al- allows me frees me up to go focus on what i 'm really good at sales and marketing and partnerships and um, uh, allow them to facilitate those those things on the other side and so a plus players bring trust um it's something that has to be cultivated and moves the an organization so much faster. And I've seen organizations uh, totally crap out because they didn't have that trust, because they didn't have A players on the team. And so if you aren't good at recruiting or bringing on that type of talent, you're facing a huge upward battle. And your life as a as a founder or a member of an executive team is so much harder if if you don't do a good job there.
0: Yeah, thanks, Scott. I think I think you hit something really true there, like trust. And I think Williams also touched on it because if you don't have people you can trust, you really can't like let go of certain things and um as a business owner I've found out you need to there are some things you need to focus on, but if you are stuck in the integrity, you can. So having people who you can trust to like really take things on is really key. And so I agree that is like definitely key for A players. Um, Nan
2: all right, thank you very much. And thanks for all the comments so far. Um, for me, I think that an A player is a vision extender and a vision enabler. Um, there are people whom you share the same values um, with together and there are people who are basically resourceful and, and result-driven. Um, you agree with me that when you're starting a business, there's just so your resources are li- limited and quite scarce. But there are so many moving parts as well where you need to have people filling um multiple um, opportunity or multiple roles within the organization so you need somebody who is able to you know see beyond where you are and basically think through those processes to ensure um, success long-term success so i think um, an a player is a vision extender now um it's important for you to have such people within your team so um, when we started sister i was just two of us you know and you know somebody you can think through it and have you know, same conversations that can lead or deliver results is basically who you want to have. And that's what we had when we started. Um, There are times when, as a CEO, as a startup CEO, you are frustrated to your teeth. So you need somebody who basically keys into that vision and understands your vision enough to be able to drive you towards um, towards seeing the borderline, basically. So I think that an A player is a vision extender and it's very essential for you to have such a person on your team.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks so much. That keen into your vision is also key. All right. So we're talking about finding, hiring, and rewarding A-players. So I want to start off with find, finding. And I think to first even know what to, um, you, to first, to find A-players, you need to know exactly what you're looking for. And um, so what would you say, in your opinion, are key qualities of an A-player? So I guess that there are some qualities that we cut across no matter what industry um, no matter what industry or company it is. And then there are also some, company, um, some qualities that may be peculiar to the particular company because of like culture, company values and all of that. But in um, you guys' um, opinion, what are some of those um, key qualities of an A player that you need to be looking for when you actually think about starting, you're thinking about starting to hire people onto your team? So I think I'll start off with Scott.
4: Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of things that come to mind as I look back on, on my career and, and looking at successes and failures. And two specifically that I I look at is um number one, humility. Um there's nothing worse than being uh, in a close work engagement with someone that thinks that they're right and they're they're a know-it-all, um, and that uh, just breeds lots of of problems. I've um, come to to learn that those that uh, have an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset um, uh, make a huge difference when it comes to not only like negotiations but just especially at the beginning stages when the resources are so tight, I keep coming back to that Victor. Um, uh, those that, that, uh, we, we call it penny pinching here in the States, but are just so concerned about every little teeny tiny thing. Um, and don't grasp the bigger picture and aren't willing to sacrifice for that. And, and, um, don't have that humility to display. Um, it, it creates a lot of problems and, um, it creates that friction that that gets gets rid of trust, and then those that can. Op- the, my second point is is those that can operate autonomously, and so have they demonstrated an ability to uh, be proactive and go out and create things uh, on their own, and 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 do um, that type of work? That, that could be looked at in several different lights, um, and and how they they come to to find you, or, or personal connections, and things that that you've been through together or, um, those that are close to you have observed them, uh, go through. And so if they require a lot of handholding, that's a, that's a no-go, but those that are humble and are, are willing to, to bite the bullet, another, uh, American phrase, uh, of just do whatever it takes to, to succeed, um, and can do that competently. I think that that really, really helps, um, and sets us apart those eight plus or a, a type players
0: those are great points and um we'll definitely dig into those uh, a bit more in just a second once every other person um dives in but I think those key points humility is key and then just having like an abundance mindset especially like what Victor was saying um when it comes to like startups and resources that type and all of that so those are some great points um Nanka you want to add to that
2: Yeah, I think I really agree with um, humility. I would also add um, people who are adaptable because um, the startup space tends to change a lot. I'm currently working on the project with the CEO who changes his mind per second. You know, so things like that happen because the vision becomes clearer as you do. So you also need people who are adaptable and um, are able to work within those terrains. Um, I mentioned before that you need people who are resourceful. Yeah, um, people who are also empathetic. Um, if we think about what has gone in the last two years, you realize that the psychology of um, people within the work industry has changed a lot so empathy is one key skill um, that i think will help more people to navigate the waters of the changes that are going on in the market space Um, beyond that i think you also need people who think differently um different from the from the norm and people who are lifelong learners because um as you start up there's a lot of information that goes around and there's a lot of um new knowledge or basically knowledge that can be transformed into you know basic action panels required so people who are committed to long-term learning you also need you know uh, also qualities you're trying to pick up um, A players many people also think long-term because you also agree with me that there's a lot of migration of skills Within um the African continent or even within Nigeria as well, so um you pretty much want people who also are long term thinkers and not necessarily those who so just want a means to an end. If you have those people on your team, you might not be able to go far um in your startup. So that's what I'll add to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, and I think you touch on something that is really key, especially with the migration of um talent. Long term is key when you're um thinking of looking for who to hire. So um yeah, we'll dig into that. Um Williams.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Amazing um characteristics. or characteristics, hey Jesus, English. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the very first flag of this person is solid for me, it would be that the person is smarter than I am on their role or expertise. Um, you that's an A player on their own space, within their own space or within their own job description or job terrain, they are smarter than I am. They they can do it better than I am. That's one. Then secondly, the person has to be a team player. Irrespective of how smart you are, if you can't um, harness the weight and the um, expertise of everyone around you to get the best result, um, then your smartness goes to the dustbin. Um, I think team players... Uh, also, being a team player is also a very key characteristic, characteristic, key elements or key sign of our A player. And um, another thing would be, um, I listed uh, ambitious as the third, because um, whenever I'm hiring, one key question that I ask is, what is your plan for yourself? What do you see yourself in five years? And sometimes it might come up as a cliche question, but more often than not, I'm trying to evaluate for how ambitious are you? I knew as at my 500 level that this was going to happen. I didn't know how. I didn't have it figured out. I didn't know I was going to walk towards where I am right now, but I knew it was going to happen. Um, So whenever I have that conversation with um, potential hires, it's, it's from a place of how ambitious are you? Because people that are very ambitious, people that don't settle, people that know where they are headed and will do anything to get to where they are headed, um, they have a different energy that they bring to the team. So much that it then becomes my responsibility to figure out how do I leverage the fact that they've opted to come build with me to help them fuel their own ambition. How do I commit to helping them get to where they are going? So ambitious people are also very um super interesting a players then builders if you have someone that has only done okay this might sound controversial but if you have people that have done that that haven't built anything they've not done a side business they've not tried their hands or anything they've not um taken anything from zero to one before they don't have a side or they may be good, but they bring a different energy to you when, when you compare them with guys that probably have side of zoos that they're actively building right now or have done something before that they, they've created something. Builders, creators, guys that, that I understand take out how to bring forth stuff out of zero, take stuff from zero to one, are also very... They're also. That's also one key element that I've seen in the best people that I've gotten to work with, the best people on my team right now. Um, I, I think they, they, they just get it. They get it differently. They, they understand it differently. They understand what needs to be done part time, to move from whatever level we are to whatever level we need to get to. So I think those four, um, smarter than I am on their core role, team players, ambitious, and builders, are my four key signals of this is an A player.
0: Pearl, great, can I chime great. in
4: on something Williams just prompted? For yeah, me? definitely. Go ahead. Um, one of my favorite interview questions, and this is practical um, uh, use case, is uh, the problems that I'm dealing with. Uh, bringing that up in an interview and having them help me to solve that issue, just so I can see what it's like a, a little bit, like uh, working with them, getting their thought process, how they attack a problem, what they think. Um, I think that's really a really cool way to um to interview as after you've developed a little bit of a relationship and and to get a feel for their competency are they better than me how are they how are they um uh looking at problems and how might we we work together so just something i've seen really effective in interviews
0: yeah yeah that makes that makes a whole lot of sense and just seeing how they work real time i guess um would be very um useful um yeah, we're going to dive into um some tips for hiring. Um, Victor, do you have anything to add to the um do you have anything to add about um what, Good, just what a your qualities are?
3: Yes, yes, yes. So um one huge question I ask myself before asking the person is um can this person lead this team? Because I want, I usually want that kind of energy, right? where I don't have to micromanage. I oftentimes tell my team, I don't want to tell you what to do, right? I just want to see the results. So, I mean, that those kind of people are the kind of people like, that I want. So when Victor is nowhere to be found, um, can the team move? Can the company grow if I'm not around? So um, can I multiply myself in this team or even find someone better? Someone, um, like William said, someone very ambitious. I love champions. I love people that are not scared of failing. I love people that um, have high risk appetite. Oh, we can do this. Even though it's looking like, but there's a strategy to make it work. I always like to hear that. I always like to even see that and see means to make things work how we could overcome imminent challenges. That Those are the kind of people that I apparently want to work with. So for any team that would want to go far, I think we should not be um, sentimental, right, in getting the right people. Sometimes, um, the people that um, you might want to bring on board, there might be people that in some way, in terms of experience, are bigger than you, maybe in experience or in worth and all that. I mean, those are the right people to drive the team forward, regardless you are the one leading the team. Um, so I would not fail to bring people with great competences that would help me deliver um, the future that I require for my company. So that's it. Thank you.
0: Thanks a lot. And all this just actually actually um makes it um to dive into like, okay, so what are the and I think Scott already touched on this, some practical things you can do because one thing I noticed is um a lot of the things um all the speakers talked about are um nobody's looking for can you do like the functions of the job, like every most of the things that we are talking about, humility, um adaptable, empathy, team player, abundance mindset, what those are like for lack of a better way to say, it's soft skills. And so, um, and I think hiring as it has evolved so much in the last few years. Um, before it was submit your CV and then you do some tests, Just it was just based on your skill set, But now um, I think um, we're finding more and more um, companies and startups don't care so much about like, okay, where did you go to school? What were your grades or anything like that? They're more interested in what's your experience? Can you get the job done? Are you teachable? I think a few of the speakers touched that and then really being the right cultural fit. So um, the next question I would like to ask, and I think Scott jumped in as, um, already, was like, what would be the right way to um, structure your hiring process, especially having in mind that you need to find, um, you need to be able to test people with for some of these nuanced, soft skills. Um, what is the right way to probably structure your hiring process? So for a better way, um, for lack of a better way to put it. And I guess you guys understand me. Um, let's see whether we can chip in on that. So any of the speakers can like jump in um, if they want to. Okay, I see Nanka wants to jump in, so definitely, yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Um, so um, I think, like you might rightly mentioned, recruitment has evolved over time. And um, if you listen to all of the answers that um, the speakers had said earlier, this is basically based on, Um, human behaviour because pretty much that's what extends um, the line of sight for your business Um, a lot of times some recruiters are very focused on creating fancy job descriptions and I think we need to stay away from that a little bit and bring forward really the DNA of the company so if, if for instance you the job you're providing does not have travel does not like does not have travel and the person that you are hiring likes to travel a lot it it's, it's, it's a no-brainer that person would not be excited on that job for a long time. So you want to bring forward the things that are essential about your organization. What kind of company are you? What, what kind of people are you looking for to be on your team, right? So if you want people who are very adventurous, people who are ambitious, like one um, of the speakers rightly mentioned, if you want people who want to be in an organization that is fast-paced, an organization that is, you know, that has... Uh, that has the goal of being in multiple locations at once and whatnot, you want to put those forward first so that you're getting people who are excited about such things because um, people have gone beyond just the technical aspect of the job but to who can be on the job and what you can do. And then the other part is also um, the scenario based questions. I was going to touch on that, but Scott already mentioned it as well. It's important that you, you, um, you bring people into an environment based off of the problems you're currently experiencing or the problems you anticipate you'll have in your organization that way you can tell who can bring up ideas that would push you know your goals forward and then the last thing I was going to um the last thing I was going to mention as well is that you need to also you want to create an um, an environment where people are excited to be a part of your team so what does your employee branding look like or your employer branding look like what are people talking about your organization? What are people saying about your organization? Because if I want to come somewhere, I want to come somewhere where I'm going to stay for a long time, where I'm going to be excited about being, do you get? So, um, like I mentioned, you want to hire with your values in mind. You want to hire with your culture in mind. You want to um, ensure that you're creating scenario-type environments where people can... Um, Solve the problems, and you can see exactly how they act. And then, most importantly, you also want to test for personalities. Um, I know you mentioned testing before, but personalities are very important. Um, when it comes to your organization, for instance, if you are, um, if you are an organization that has that is more results-driven, you don't want to hire people who are, um, basically, um, what do we call well, what we call in the dispersonality test, people who are, um, outgoing. Because algorithm people like to tell a lot of stories and forget about the results. So when you focus on personality tests, it tells you the kind of, the, the kind of personality you want to be more dominant in your environment. So that ensures that you have people of like minds and people who, are, who will continue to do everything required to you know push the vision alive and then bring the objectives to bear. So that's what I'll add.
0: Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And um, I, I love the last point you touched on, and I actually totally agree with you. Like in terms of tests, personality tests, I think they're becoming more common and I know for a fact that when we implemented that in our own organization, like just that little tweak, it was so, it just changed the way we were hiring and the way we we're looking at people. So I think that's like a really, really great point. Um, yeah. Victor, do you have anything to add to like, what's a right way to structure your hiring process? And also like, especially when you're looking for some of these like soft skills and not just what is on a CV. Yeah.
3: Okay, so um, it depends on the scale at which you are hiring, right? If I'm looking to hire for a particular um, position, what I oftentimes would do is um, I would scout for people that are not actively searching for a job, right? Because those kind of people are stable people somewhere and they're probably doing a good job, right? Look at um, um, how I could position the organization to suit their interests. Then, of course, um, they have to take a test, personality test, very, very important, just like the other speaker has said. Um, for me, <laughs> I'm very particular about health. I'm, I'm in the healthcare sector, and I would like to promote my business. Uh, here we have some packages um called pre-employment tests, right, for corporates. And um very importantly, I, I want to know the state of the mind of my staff, right, um so that they will not come in and they are off for two weeks, and they are coming back in a month, they are using the HMO plan, and everything is just going, and they are not working based on health care issues, right? So pretty much, as much as we are doing certain tests, we should not look at the importance of knowing the state of health of um, our to-be employees, knowing that it will be handling highly sensitive roles that could affect the company, especially in their absence, right? These are like some of the touching points that I like to give
2: I'm sorry. Let me just jump in on that a little bit. Um, Victor, you need to be a bit careful with that aspect, particularly alongside with Nigerian labour law. Um, because we are not allowed to um discriminate on the basis of health. Um, so you want to also kind of reframe that a little bit so that it doesn't end up having adverse effects in the okay. long run. Okay.
3: Okay, I get what you're saying, right? And now, in particular about um um people with certain ailments. Now, because we're in the healthcare industry you know that we are very sensitive. So just so you know, I run like a, an healthcare startup. So knowing that um, there are certain um, healthcare infections that you cannot use to like reach out to patients. For example, um, there's something called hepatitis B. You would not know until you are tested for it, right? So because we're an healthcare industry, we're in the healthcare sector, we are very particular about having them tested before they come work for us, if you get what I mean. So um, knowing that we go to people's homes, um, if we are not sure of um, how strong our our, our our staff are, we we cannot just tell them to go to people's homes to take samples. So that is like for my own organization. So and some other organizations also do that. So I mean, um, and it is relative to the organization. So for healthcare companies, for someone, it also depends on the recruiter. Right, they can determine. These banks also do. Um, they do. Um. For employment tests to know the state of mind of, of their um, staff or to be employed. But, I mean, thank you for that. All
0: right. Thanks, Victor. Thanks, Victor. And then just something else before we jump to the next speaker. I see, tire you requested to speak. I guess you have a question. We'll take questions shortly, probably in the next five to ten minutes. We'll take questions. So definitely sit tight. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. And if any other person has a question, just request to speak. We'll get to you in about five to 10 minutes. Um, Williams, do you want to say anything to um, the yeah, Yes?
1: Yes. Um, thank you very much. So um, practical steps to finding A players. Um, like, uh, like Scott, and, and like, I think it was Scott that mentioned it earlier, uh, case study, um, talking to a potential hire about a problem you're having and just see how, how they think. They may not really have the solution, but just seeing how they think, because in seeing how they think, by the time you have problems and you bounce ideas off each other, you can almost bet that a solution will come out of vibing with this person. Four things that I usually try to evaluate for. I I, I try to check for skill set fit. I try to check for skill set fit. I try to um, test for innovation fit. Um, When this person sees problem, do they just drop it off or... Do they try to figure out how to move around or move over or move under? Then I also t- try to test for character and, and, and culture fit. You, you can then figure out how to contextualize that to your own use case or whatever problem you are, or whatever point you are in at that particular point in time. Um, but for the, for the sake of so many people on this course who may or may not be founders, um, how do you also position as an A player? for founders that are looking to hire A players? Um, I think it's another side to that question that I I, I would like to touch point on again. Um, One that I've seen work very much always is talking about what you know, the knowledge that you have that solves a major problem um, on the position that you are hunting for or trying to um, uh, um, lock in. So much that, If, as a founder, I'm scrolling through the timeline or scrolling through LinkedIn, and I see the way you've addressed the problem I'm having, and the solution you've kind of figured out to it, two out of three, five out of ten times, or six out of ten times, I'm probably in your DM to say, oh, I, I love this idea. And by the time I need to hire to fill that kind of position to solve that problem, we'll probably not put out that request vacancy that we are hiring. I'll probably just come to your DM. Hi, do you want to have a conversation? We're trying to bring on someone around this. That's probably, there are about two, three, four people on my team like, like that, that um, it's just out of their LinkedIn engagements, their, their Twitter um, engagement that, that I just figured that this person gets it and I would like to work with them. Then on the interview, we then check for other stuff. Then, most, impo- most importantly, someone used this one for me recently that, that worked brilliantly. The person reached out to me, tried to understand the problem that I'm having. Brilliant engagement, very conversational. It didn't look like the person was interviewing me. Um, and then I willingly admitted that we are having this problem at truck. It's usually the problem of businesses staying on our sales cycle for so long, um, struggling to move businesses consistently through the funnel and all of that. Then the guy said... He has a little bit of free time over the next four weeks. Can I just talk with your sales team for a while Um, see if we can re engineer the sales process and all of that? It started about two weeks ago. We've closed about three major businesses since they started helping us re engineer our process. And I swear to God, there's no way we are not going to hire that guy because in two weeks, you've been able to really re engineer our entire sales process. And now, I can literally see how long every business is moving. I, I, I can envision that by the end of this four weeks, this is where each of these businesses would be. And I probably wouldn't have been smart enough to even do that for anyone. But it worked. Offer the skill sets, max one hour conversation with the entire sales team every Monday morning. And that's all he has to do in a week. And just follow up with them, chats and, and all of that. But I, I I've seen it work. I like it. I've, I've seen the impact, and it it could be another major way to position as a A player that wants to get hooked up or, or, or get locked in. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Williams. And I like your thoughts on how to like just on the other end of the stick, how to position yourself as an A player. You're right. Once you if you are able to showcase your skills and talk about the problem solution, same like as if you are talking to a client. Talk to the prospective employer like that. That would definitely catch attention. Definitely, definitely. Um, thanks for that, Scott. Any things you want to add?
4: Yeah, I'll keep it short. My my other favorite question that I have in interviews is, um, tell me something like you're uniquely interested in, whether that's jujitsu or fishing or um, knitting or whatever, and then I ask them to to teach me about it for. A minute or two. And I'm looking for like that, that glint in their eyes, uh, that passion and and drive behind what they're really uh, into. Um, And if they can have that, then that really helps once again, to create that culture of passion. um, Because in any startup, the the work is so hard and can be, uh, can really knock you down. And unless you have that passion behind it, it can be easy to um, to uh, to to be disincentivized or or discouraged and quit. And so, um, I really like to see how passionate people are and how their ability to teach. Um, and and I feel like that's a an easy way to tell that, and, and it translates well into a startup ecosystem.
0: All right, great, great, thanks. And those are like I love like you are giving like practical. Practical things that people that can actually take and use in their interviews, like tomorrow. So I see how those would help. Um, okay, so I'm going to pause here for questions. I saw Tayo. I saw someone else. If you guys have any questions, raise your hands now. We'll take a few questions before we jump into the rewarding um a players. If that's okay with the speakers. So I'm um, Tayo. I see you. Um, we're bringing you up now to speak, and you can ask your questions. And if any other person wants to ask questions before we move into the next section. Um, of um, rewards, definitely um, come up here. So, Tayo, you're good. Um, you can go ahead.
6: Yeah, hello, guys. Yeah, can you hear me?
0: Yep, we can hear yeah,
6: you. Yeah, so I, I, I don't really I have a question per se. I just wanted to add something. Okay. You know, I just wanted to add something to what the other guys have spoken about. And, you know, I think what, what startups for sometimes seem to forget is that even, even as a startup, you're not the finished article. You're growing. You're 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 developing. So it's 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 some it's it's kind of funny to expect when you're hiring to hire the finished article as well, because you're growing as well. So you need to keep in mind that when you're hiring these people, they're flawed. They're not perfect. You at the same time you owe it to them to help them grow, and you know bringing them in. I always say everybody I've hired, like I've been hiring for the past four years, and I can say I've only sacked one person. I've hired about let's say 87 staff and i have in four different companies and I've only sacked one person because I always make sure that they understand that you're growing. We're growing, you're growing. It's a mutual and beneficial relationship. So when I interview people, the key thing I always tell them and I always ask because I want to know is what are you trying to achieve by coming here? Are you coming here to just earn a salary? Or are you coming here to grow? You came in as a developer. Are you willing to learn other aspects of the business? Are you willing to add your input? Because, for example, when I was working, I went into a private equity company as a developer, as the lead developer. Eight months later, I started my own fund. I was running a venture capital fund. Eight months later, I had no idea about raising funds and all those things. When eight months, I was able to grow there and start my own company. So I think what we seem to forget sometimes is we also owe it to these people to help them, help them grow. I know that ourselves as a startup, too, we're trying to grow, trying to build something from scratch into an IBM, into a Chevron, into a large company. So we need to understand that these guys, too, are at that level. They need to grow as well. And the key thing for me, and this is important, is bigger companies can afford staff that just come in, clock in, earn their salary, go home. Don't add anything apart from the basic value of what they're being hired for. Startup can't afford those kind of people. Not at the the beginning. You can't afford to be carrying people. You need people that will add value. So I feel like when you're looking for people, you need to look for people that are willing to grow. Look for people that are willing to add more than the job description. You're not forcing them to, but you're leaving the door open for them to add. Because you never know. The developer may have an insight into something that the business developer doesn't have. And at the end of the day, that's valuable to your company. So I think when you're hiring, you should always look for that in people, people that can actually add value across board and realize that too, you're training them. You're helping them grow. They may outgrow you eventually. That's great. But at the same time, if they do outgrow you, that means that they've developed to such a level that they've actually helped your startup grow. So you can just keep doing this over and over. And I think that's what's helped me and help my companies work because I always look for people that are willing to grow, people that are willing to add more value than the basic requirements of what their job does. So, yeah, that's just what I really wanted to add.
0: Thanks so much, Tayo. I think you brought in some really, really great points. Thanks so much. And I love um, one question you said you asked, like trying to find out where their headspace are, at, what are you coming here to do, and really needing people at that early stage at least. And I think one of the speakers mentioned it's being self-led and being able to, like, of course, be teachable and you don't have to have it all figured out, but we need to go that extra mile. So I think those are some really great points. So thanks for that. Um yeah, thanks for that. Okay, so I see we have this is new tire, we have Toyo, we have Coco. So um guys, if you don't mind just holding on for about five minutes, um let's let's briefly talk about rewards and then we'll dive in headfirst into questions and answers. So let's talk about rewards. And so um for the speakers. Um, I think um rewards is sorry, so I think rewards is one um thing that um many people miss, especially in companies. I think startups are like again, they are just like redefining the culture of what a workplace should be and all of that. So um, um can you touch on why rewarding is so important and what are some ways that you re- to reward key um employees and a players in your team? Yeah. So um, Williams, can you speak to that?
7: Yes,
1: um thank you very much. So in, in in rewarding, um sometimes we tend to think of rewarding as um I just need to give this guy more cash, um saying thank you for doing a great job. And rewarding a players sometimes is a bit more than that. Um whenever I meet someone that has joined my team very solid person commit goes above and beyond because at the point of hiring i asked i try to check for ambition i try to check for what is this person super committed to making happen for themselves um my ultimate reward or my biggest reward for an a player joining my team and going above and beyond to help us build the truck is me then intentionally making out time to invest myself into that person's personal ambition. Uh, um, I do it so intentionally that the person feels super valued. That yes, I know how crazy this guy's day is, but he still makes time to invest himself into my own, my, my own stuff. Um, I've, I've, I've had someone, a customer success lead that joined us some time ago, uh, very early on, super amazing. And at the time when she needed to go start her, to go start her own stuff, um, aside all of my own investment, personal investment, to help her, helping her, helping her figure it out. At the point of her going out, it was full blessing, full commitment to say, even if you need me any time after you're out of this place, you will still have, I, I have my time. And it goes beyond just saying because you're an A player, take extra cash. Why that is important? Um, on, the, I, I I would always tell my our people love that if a staff performs seventy five percent of your okay hours month on month for three months, on the third month we must have conversation around salary increase with that with with, with that employee. Um, but why that is important? There is nothing as valuable as your uh, uh, an, an A player seeing you going out of your way to help them make up on what is your own personal ambition? And and that is one of the biggest rewards I can get that I could also give um, to an A player. Thank you.
0: I love that. I love that. And I, I love that you said it kind of goes beyond money because I think uh, many times when you say, okay, what reward? It's always cash is the first thing that comes to mind. But like, I love that perspective, investing yourself into their personal ambition. And I guess that ties into what you said earlier. You want to know, um, what um, you, I think you said about they, mo- they should have like side hustles and all that, and just investing your time into helping them do what they want to do, as they help you do what you want to do. So I think that's really great and builds a lot of loyalty. So yeah, I think that, that's a great point. Um, Nan- Nanke,
2: uh, thank you, William. That was very brilliant. Um, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, rewards are not only financial, but is investing in the human being himself or herself as a case where um, I think as leaders we need to learn to treat people as humans and invest in them because when you know what people want and you invest your time in giving them, in turn they will do what you want and I've seen that happen in the tiniest of industries or in the um, littlest of skills to even the biggest of skills and whatnot. I think another part of reward is integrating people very quickly into decision-making because um, as you ascend the ladder of motivation, you find that more people want to get into the points where you know, their quote-unquote ideas are heard, and whenever you're interviewing, you hear that a lot. I want to be in an environment where my ideas are heard, so Integrating people very quickly into um, decision-making, into um, being a part of you know, what you're building real fast also um, stems as a reward. Now, another path is also creating um, what I call an ownership path for your um, clients or for your staff, and not necessarily a career path, because a career path just um, focuses on... You you as an organ- just you, it doesn't expand the horizon for who it is that you're hiring, so I give you a clear example. um I used to have a colleague who joined an organization I worked for, and you know at the time he he was in the financial services space and he wanted to do something that was slightly different from from what was obtainable there was no skilled person to handle that aspect of the business and so they just tried him to see can he actually do it and then this guy took the department from zero so about 800 million in less than 7 months and so just so that we can be clear that this is not just a one time fluke we decided to take him to like south africa he did the same thing it worked took him to um europe he did the same thing and it worked and so the moment he came back to the country because in this particular organization there's a tract for growth, right? So as soon as he came back, his manager was like, "Oh no, you need to go back to the traditional path of, of um, the traditional career path versus opening up the opportunity that that hung there, where this guy was operating from his place of um, optim if I can say, that, if I can use that word." And so generally, what happened was that we just killed that fire in that guy. The guy was just put on the traditional path of career growth, and eventually he lost interest in the job, and you know he left. And he didn't leave because he got another offer. He left because he couldn't continue in the environment. So creating sort of like an ownership structure, an ownership path for um, people with the organization is also a reward. Now, another thing that we miss in terms of the rewarding structure is also um, having a coaching system in-house. Um, why I say this is that if you watch a football match, for instance, the coach may not necessarily know how to play the game, but the coach knows when to psych. The player, you know, the coach knows when to tell the player to, you know, take an opportunity. Even the player themselves, being star players, they don't necessarily they don't necessarily need the coach, but in order for them to push forward, they need a coach as well. So just like um Williams has said earlier, um having face time with people, having face time with your team members, creating sort of like a coaching system that can extend, you know, their knowledge, broaden their mind, just help them to find themselves in that space or to find themselves owning a sport in that space. Um, you know, it's typically grants for rewards as well. And then as, as the business grows and, you know, people start to take more ownership of their roles, you can explore maybe more monetary aspects of rewards as well. So that's what I'll add to this. Thanks, hey thanks.
4: Okay, Scott, Pearl, yeah, ha- go ahead. I have, to, I have a hard stop, um, but I can give okay, you know, go ahead. the last question if you'd like. Um, yeah. So for me, it, it all comes back to my first answer of, of trust and um, flexibility. Um, so especially in the world that we're living now, allowing people if they if they need to work from home for a time or uh, work different hours or things like that, I'm for myself, I'm far more concerned about the outcomes rather than uh, a button a chair and the that type of input. Um, and that goes a long way. So the other thing that I would add is just overdo the amount of of uh, compliments. It's important to hold people accountable and, and to be hard on them and and to uh, ensure. Quality and accountability, but also that you acknowledge and see the good that they do, Um, and whether that's on on one-on-ones on on a routine basis or um, when you see work that is done and and you comment on it, um, especially if it's in like a like a Slack channel in front of the whole company, stuff like that. That makes people feel really, really good and goes a long ways to a company culture and uh, an upliftment. Because what you'll find is that then others uh, take that same kindness and complimentary attitude and um, and push it around the organization and, and how they treat each other. And so that's a, it's a great way to uh, to get people on the same page and, and make them feel good. So I uh, apologize for for dipping out, but really appreciate it. It's been a great event. And uh, if anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, Scott Fleming at Hire Mango, I'm happy to answer any questions there.
0: Thanks a lot, Scott, and thanks for joining the call. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. All right. Um, okay, so we have um, this is new tire. So let's take a few questions. This is new tire. You can go.
7: All right. Good evening, everyone. Um, thank you right. for having me. Yeah. So, um, not more like a question. It's more like a contribution. If you don't, if you don't mind. So. Um, I actually find um, this discussion interesting, judging by judging by the fact that I also um, I am employed under a startup here in Nigeria. So, and the journey has been interesting so far. So, just a little thing I would like to add is um, judging by what um, an A player means to everyone. Everyone has spoken up. Yeah, my own idea of it is um, an A player tries to help out with ideas in situations where they have good knowledge and working solutions that could help in the grand scheme of things. So if you, you might be employed to do A, but you might have a little experience in B, and the person that is supposed to do B might not be doing so well in B, but maybe just you reaching out and um, trying to let the person know, okay, I have done this before, but this is not my thing, but you could try this, you could try that. It could work for you. And maybe do a little follow-up, just to make sure the person feels comfortable, because, to be honest, um, we are all inclined to. We should be all inclined to reach out in terms of um overall team goals, and instead of just focusing on our own role and expecting every other team member to do their job, because it's it's everyone's job to make sure that the company scales, like the company moves to the next level in from one quarter to the other. And yeah, uh, it all boils down to the fact that we also need to know that everyone within needs help, whether it's the CEO, whether it's the uh, operations person, whether it's just the customer service lead, whether it's just an intern. Everybody needs help uh, if we are greeted it, and also reaching out, if we have um, the knowledge that you feel can help somebody who is struggling to meet their targets um, and meet their numbers, that could be um, another sign of an A player that will contribute more to the team, um, not only in their own role, but generally to um, roles in which they have ideas on or they have ideas in and very good knowledge so that's what i have to say thank you very much
0: thank you so much tayo that was insightful thanks a lot um and i see cynthia here i think cynthia just joined um but cynthia is here and i would like cynthia to just speak a bit on um, um finding um the right talent and also um some structure in hiring um in hiring um what kind of structure you should be when you're thinking about hiring the right people so cynthia you can go ahead
8: All right. uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. My sincere apologies for coming in this late. Hi, everyone. Just to confirm, you can hear me clearly, right?
0: Yes, I can hear you loud, Claire.
8: All right. Fantastic. Okay, so I think I would start from rewarding because, I mean, that's where I, 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 you know, joined the conversation. So when it comes to rewarding, everybody has definitely laid down very important points. But if there's anything I've noticed with... A lot of the startups is that, you know, consistency is very important when it comes to reward systems because um, your staff, your teammates, they they are observant of the very little things. So it's not just you reward today, you know, and then tomorrow you fall back, right? So in order for you to be consistent with your reward, you need to develop a system, right? You need to develop a system in house. So maybe as an early stage startup founder, you don't have HR, it's just you, right? Later on in the business, you have HR, HR and then they, you know, sort of support you. But um, early on, when it comes to building your startup, you need to have that foundational system ready, you know, so that whoever comes, in, comes on board as your HR, they already see something that is working and then use that and join that with whatever practices that, you know, is, you know, is common in their industry. Right. So, how do you develop a system? I want to leverage you, you, you can build a system by leveraging on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. So, what Maslow did was really awesome. And he helped us um, understand when it comes to like the needs of any typical human, you know, there's a hierarchy. Right. So, what you can do is look at the hierarchy. So, from the bottom, you have um, the physiological. Um, needs, and then you have the safety needs, and then you have um, love and belonging, you have esteem and self-actualization. So you can easily get any, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs anywhere, right? So what you can do is for each of those levels, identify, you know, rewards that you can offer to your teammates, right? And also identify the frequency of that. So you take each level. Just what is within your capacity to, you know, what can you do for your for your guys that is within your capacity? You do it for each level, right? And then you take you now, you know, develop a frequency around this. Okay, I want to do this often. So there are some there are some um, like what Scott mentioned, right? Giving them compliments. That one is has to be like regular. That's often, right? And there are some rewards where. it's time-based, right? Maybe every three months, right? Every six months, right? So you want to create a system that you can make reference to and you can use the Maslow hierarchy of needs to actually build that system. And so with that system, you'd know for each level, at least for the entire company, in a year, I am providing each, I'm, I'm actually addressing some of these things. So every other person, every speaker has spoken on different things that they've seen, you know, and every different things that they've actually done. But so you infuse that into that structure and then you make sure that you are actually consistent with it by um, um, either making it known to the entire team that this is the reward that I'm doing for the entire team. So everyone is putting you on check, but there are some that you don't have to tell them so that you know it flows from it flows from you, right? things like coaching them. So for example, you can say, okay, every month I'm making it a point of duty to have coffee time with at least three team members per month, depending on your, on your capacity on, on the team, right? So you can have, you know, for if you have a team of 10 people, you can say, okay, every month I'm going to have coffee time with four team members and it's going to be random. You can say all 10, you know, everybody will book a time slot and then we can have a conversation or you can just make that as a declaration to the team, It's not a case of where today or this month, you're pretty excited. You've had this conversation, you've learned, and then you go dishing out different, you know, rewards. And then three, four months down the line, you're off track. Um, there's, you know, there, you've already raised the expectation of your employees and they're not seeing that, right, um, with you. But I believe for finding and hiring, I think um, every other person will have laid the right foundation. I think the only thing I can say at this point, making reference to Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, you know, at the top is self-actualization, right? So before you even start thinking about hiring or finding the right set of people, you need to go back within and, you know, develop the right company culture that can accommodate people. I think it was Netflix. I'm not sure of the brand, but I think it was Netflix. So they were looking for, you know, Netflix actually transitioned through different phases, but I'm going to... touch on what um, the founder did. They were looking for a set of people, a a particular type of, you know, employee. uh, They were trying to categorize the kind of employees they want to have on board their team based on how they were transitioning their company. And so what they did was to create like an entire slide, um, a slideshow of their values, their culture, what, what is important to them and things like that. And they put it online and they said, Anyone who is interested interested in applying to us in order to sieve down the kind of people we're going to take in, you know, go to this slideshow. I think it's even right now available on um, slideshare, I believe. Yeah. Go to this slideshow, read through it if you think that this is the kind of culture you want to work in. Define the culture, like as a startup founder, don't wait till you are like 10, 20 people before you start thinking about company culture. This particular thing attracted MailChimp beyond years after I had over like a hundred employees. So define it early on, make it known, establish that on any application platform that you have, you know, let the right people see and be attracted to your values. And then you can now start going through the, the rigorous process. So yeah, those are the two things. One, the right company culture, and therefore rewarding leverage on building a system using the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Thank you.
0: Thanks a lot, Cynthia. Thanks a lot, Cynthia. And those are some really great points. Um, Victor, I don't think I've... I've heard your take on rewarding, so I'd love to hear from you.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you, Cynthia. That was very profound.
0: Um, Yes,
3: there's something that we all keep right. Uh, I knew that while I was trying to um, launch my startup, um, there was a friend I had in one company that told me about stock options. He probably had worked with them for about four years. And I mentioned that he got some stock and he's looking to do some more years with him. He's been able to meet his KPIs and he goes doing really well. Uh, it was very exciting. I was like, shall I not go and work with startup like this instead of building from scratch and all. So um for me, I think it's a very great way of rewarding um, um team members that have stayed for a long while and haven't delivered on their job roles and helped the company grow, right? And part of um, what Cynthia said is building a great structure. So if that is um, so, so, some sort of um, um, reward that could be infused into whatever structure is being built, I feel very strongly that it could help keep some of your best ants doing really well, right? Knowing that there's um, something really um, long-term, knowing that, oh, this company could become a unicorn someday. And no matter how small, um, whatever um, stock that is, um, it's going to go a long way in motivating them. And I'm very big on giving great feedbacks, right? Uh, I think that would also help, just like every other person has, it's going to help um, motivate um. Um, the 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 team member. Um, there are so many um ways of motivating. Some can be intrinsic, some are extrinsic. But you know that intrinsic motivations are, are those ones that really last long. When you give me money, I've spent it. I've even forgotten, right? Um, but when you keep motivating, maybe you add value. You give some career advice. You send opportunities and all that to the team member. It goes a long way. Plays a whole lot in helping that um team member do a lot more. And and drive the vision just like it would be our own. So that's my take, thank you.
0: Thanks a lot, thanks a lot, Victor. And yeah, stock options is one, and I think more and more people are doing that nowadays, at least more and more startups are doing that nowadays. And I think that's a really, really great way. I think there's something about, um, in my opinion, I think there's something about having someone, so you want someone to have be self-led and to kind of like have ownership and actually them seeing like, I own a part of this, like this is partly mine, like being like they see themselves as a part of it and the growth depending on them and them reaping the rewards from the growth. I think that is a very, very great motivator as well. And one of the things I really like is just basically um being able to, I think from everything everybody has said, we're going from like the littlest things, complimenting someone on his Slack channel, acknowledging, acknowledging what they did to the big things, to cash, to... um. To stock options, to the immaterial things that may look like it's not much, but it's a lot of value. Like investing actual time in helping them grow the things that they want to grow. So I think those are like different. That's a good variety of like rewards um, reward system that we've seen. Um, and so thanks for every to everyone for that. Okay, so if anybody has any questions, um, I saw a few people raise their hands, and then I don't see anybody so far right now. But if you have any questions, now is the time to um, raise your hands and, um, um, kind of like request. I have one more question and I'm going to, um, direct it to William based on something he said before, and then any other person can weigh in. And so if you have any questions, definitely, um, raise your hands and then we'll take you right after this. So I wanted to, um, one thing you touched on was, I mean, one of the characteristics when you look for people is looking for people who kind of already have something that they're working on and so to speak, have like a side hustle and everything. And, um, there's a school of thought, yeah, a school of thought where it's like if people have side hustles, they'll be distracted and they won't perform optimally, and all of that. So, what's your take on that? And also, in your experience, what have you seen with that? And any other person, as Peter Williams, can chime in on that as well.
1: One, I would like to say that that um, perception is from nowhere but the pit of hell, and um, <laughs> if, if 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 you employ a really solid A player, A player knows how to compartmentalize. Um, I started, we started building truck way back when I was uh, on the marketing team at Bank. Um And what that meant was that <clears throat> I would resume at work at 8 a.m. close by 5, stay back at the office from 5 p.m. to like 9 or 10. I did that every day for about six months through the second half of 2019. On Saturdays and Sundays, I will bring my co-founders, Folusho and, and Victor, back then. Either that we used Folusho's office on Saturdays and Sundays, or we used um, Marina, or we even um go to each other's house to walk, to work from there. Bottom line is the fact that I was building truck never for one day clashed with. How much value it didn't drop my value to my current employer so much that by the time because my former boss back then um would sit you down at the beginning of the year and ask you what's your plan for yourself for the year. And every quarter she would have a catch-up with you. That that plan that you told me at the beginning of the year, how far have you gone with it? I did that in 2019. I told her about the idea um, at the beginning of the year that we're going to start working on it, but maybe much later and and and, and all, all of that. Um by the time truck started picking up, she on her own because she could see how much I was able to balance my work and the fact that we were building trucks. She would buy books for me. These are books that startup founders used to read. These this is my own gift to you, the company that you are building. She would she would link me up with people um, that understand the space and say, "Ah, th- this my boy is trying to do something. Can you help me talk to him?" Uh, I remember we were invited to Egypt towards the end of 2019, myself and my co-founders for the World Youth Forum Startup Labs. I've used up my leave days for that year. And she still gave me those four days to travel. She gave me solid gift items. So when you meet HNIs, you don't just shake them and exchange contacts. Give them something that let them remember you and put your card inside it or something. They would always reach out to you. That's how I have a connection with one of the ministers, under-president of the Fatah SEC today. The man saw the gifts I gave him. And, Called me and said, oh, Hi, thank you for the gift. I saw your card in there and I thought to reach out. So, if an a, as an A player, one very key virtue is you know how to compartmentalize. But the fact that you are building something on the side gives you a different level of commitment, give you a different level of um, value that you can add on the job that you are. The best people I've worked with are people that are building stuff on the side. They understand it differently um, to a very large extent. So I, I think it, it it all comes back to having proper conversations, understanding the person you are hiring, and then meeting at the at the middle ground, aligning, understanding what my deliverables are. I would always go above and beyond on my deliverables. Whether I'm an, I'm I'm, I'm uh, always I would always go above and beyond. But it it all comes back to understanding the person you are hiring, understanding who they are, and then bringing them on board. I hope that made sense
0: yes yes it definitely did thanks a lot for that perspective <laughs> um victor or Nanke or zion do you want to add to it or cynthia do you want to add to this we're just about wrapping up in about the next five minutes or so
5: okay oh thank you so um i think based on what everybody has said i think um if we want to sum it up i think a players basically inspire you so um even just coming behind what, um, Cynthia was talking about, like Steve jobs, you know, Moscow restaurant. They understand that at the beginning stages of, you know, building something great you need inspiration. It's really hard. And you want, you want a lot of energy in the room and, um, to push, you know, push things forward. And also, you know, the soft skills, like Scott said, humility and everything else, not to know it's all in the building that, you know, sucks up all the ox- oxygen. So I, um, at the core of everything, we, we live by like inspiration, you know, ideas come by inspiration, working with people inspire you to go from one level to the next. And even if, when you, if you feel discouraged, they help to, you know, push you further, you know, just by seeing what you're also doing. So I think that that's, that's it for me.
2: Oh no, So um, what I was going to say to William, that I, I buy your school of thoughts, um, I believe that our actions are driven based on experiences, and because um, this particular dimension has worked for you and delivered results, um, that's that's why it has become sort of like a your own bible, so to speak. Um, I think that when it comes to hiring people what has worked for you and what you have mastered, right, would consistently give you the same type of results over and over again. So I feel that um, leveraging what he has said, a lot of us as CEOs, we also need to master what has helped us to be successful and kind of systemize those as well, so that when we are hiring people, we are hiring people on the back of um, those areas that we have also mastered or those things that have helped us to be successful and we can build on that and become better. So that's what I wanted to add to that.
0: Thanks so much. Thanks so much. And um, thank you, everyone. I think I don't see any questions. so I think we're good. I think we're good. It was a great session and definitely lots of points and lots of learning. Thanks to our speakers. Thank you, Zion. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, William. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Nanke. Thank you. And then Scott was here as well. So thanks a lot, guys. And then, um, yeah, so we... Um, I'm happy to have you here. We'd love to get feedback from you after like we have our Twitter spaces and all of that. So definitely we have a link up in our bio or just pin to this um, session here, somewhere on top. And just definitely take a minute and give us your feedback on Twitter spaces and the session and how you enjoyed it. And if you have any other things you want us to talk about, definitely do that. Um, our next session is in two weeks and um, we'll definitely do that. And um, yeah, so thank you guys for I'm um, joining once again, thanks to our speakers and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. If you found value in today's episode, you can find more at gotlaunchpad.com. Stay inspired, stay innovative and keep building those dreams. Until next time. Bye.